It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you, let's run it back again. Welcome in. We are live here on this Wednesday. A jam-packed show for you guys. Uh, we're going to celebrate the Braves NL East title. Yep, we got plenty to do there as well. The NFL loaded with mediocrity. Who separates the good from the bad? We'll do that. Plus, yes, uh, last night was a historic night in Major League Baseball. We'll do all that and more coming up here on A to Z. Give us a follow on Twitter at LockedOnATL. Of course, I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. As well, we're on Roku TV every single day. If you got an Amazon Fire Stick, download that Roku TV app or wherever you can get Roku TV. And... Make sure you watch all the Locked On Sports Atlanta shows on Roku TV. All right. Now that that's out of the way, Braves uh, get a win last night. And and on the second to last day of the Major League Baseball season, they clinched the NLE's title. They will have been in first place for approximately just six days of this entire Major League Baseball season. And yes, they are the NLE's champs. Well-deserved. This was a sort of historic thing that the Braves accomplished. Why? Because they won 70% of their games for the last four months of the season. That's just really impossible to do. I mean, think about it. You know, this, this, this was a clip that the Braves played at, um, that the 98 Yankees played for five months of the season, right? Just insane, sort of numbers. And that was a team that won 114 regular season games. And they had a bad August and September. That's how good they were for four months of the year. That's where the Braves were all year long. Um, And it was just impressive to watch. You know, it was very much like, as the Braves and fans at Truist Park would understand, it was the freeze, man, right? They let the Mets get out to a big lead, came back and caught them, and here we are. So, that all said, The Braves have the fortunate pleasure now of setting up their rotation, their starting staff for the NLDS. They'll be fresh. They'll be rested. And the real question is now boils down to, can they do it again? Can they do this year what they did last year? Now, I've said repeatedly, and I told you guys this from the beginning of the year, it is incredibly tough to repeat as World Series champions. There is a reason why you haven't seen one since 1999 and 2000 when the Yankees did it last. It's super, super hard. That said, if there was any team poised in the last 22 years to repeat as World Series champions, it's this one. Why? Because there are arguments to say that this year's team is better than last year's team. And Jeff Schultz of The Athletic pointed out this very fact in his latest column that he wrote last night. And there are things worth 100%, you know, diving into here. I don't think that anybody will dispute that this year's starting staff with Spencer Strider is better than last year's. It is leaps and bounds better than last year. 
Ian Anderson, who was part of the World Series run last year, will not get a World Series ring this year. Why? Because he pitches for Gwinnett. Um, what you caught from him in the bottle last year is what you caught from him in the bottle. Clearly, that's not it anymore because he hasn't been the same guy all year long. But the health of this starting staff, as I've told you guys for a week and a half now, all depends on Spencer Strider. This staff without Spencer Strider is not better than last year's starting staff. It's about the same. Kyle Wright won 21 games. Okay, I don't see him as this dominant force that is unbeatable the way Freed and Strider are. That's just me. Morton is a coin flip at best. And we know that Jake Odorizzi is not going to touch a ball in the postseason, period. And for me, that's what this whole postseason hinges on, is this starting rotation. If I have Spencer Strider for all of it, I believe that they will win the World Series. The minute you lose him, the percentage drops precipitously, if you ask me. The bullpen, probably as good as last year's, probably as shaky as last year's. Kenley Jansen has made a sweat for the last month and a half. Will Smith did the same thing last year. But, you know, who will be this year's Tyler Matzik in that bullpen? Is it Rossio Iglesias? Is it Matzik himself? Who is going to step up and be that lockdown guy in every high leverage spot that gets the ball and, you know, gets you out of a jam? That's what you need to find out. And Snicker will find that out. Now, uh, when you look at this team offensively and where they are, you know, I would tell you that one through nine, this is probably a better lineup. You might have had a higher high with Freddie Freeman in the lineup last year, but the, the floor of this offense is much higher than it was last year. Now, I get Rosario is what he was last year and Jorge Soler is what he was last year, but, you know, again, those weren't those guys during the regular season. I feel like what this offense put out during the regular season is what we're going to get in the playoffs. Just a very consistent team. Sure, they had games where they just didn't hit the ball and, you know, they went through back-to-back stretches where they scored one run and two runs and lost two in a row. But, and while that's going to happen in the playoffs, guess what? It never was a prolonged stretch. This isn't an offense like the Yankees that, that you know, can go stretches without scoring runs for five, six, seven games in a row. There's too many good, good hitters, too many professional hitters in this lineup. And that brings you to the, the Freddie Freeman versus Matt Olson sort of debate of where these two guys are. Um, and I'll tell you wholeheartedly, I don't think anybody misses Freddie Freeman. They just don't. I know what kind of year Freddie Freeman's had. Let's not underscore that for one second. Like, Freddie Freeman is having an amazing year. Amazing year. So, it's not like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Freeman became a bad player when he went to uh, the Dodgers. He's batting 322 with 20 home runs and 98 RBIs. He's played 158 games this year. Probably has gold glove first base credentials. Got it. Now, still, this offense, I think, is better without him. And one through nine, I think it's better without him. Um, Now, Matt Olson, who uh, 
has been phenomenal all year long. Did have a bad stretch in, in into you know August and September. We know that, but you know his playoff stats in four playoff series with the A's, four for twenty eight. That's one forty three. Two home runs, three RBIs, eleven strikeouts. According to my friend Carl Dukes of uh, 92.9, that means he doesn't get to pitch or play in the postseason because he's never done it in the postseason. But, you know, we can have that argument on Twitter, he and I. So uh, this is a better lineup, one through nine, from top to bottom than last year. I love their chances. If Strider is healthy, I absolutely love their chances. I don't love it without him. I know you guys think I'm going over the top about Strider. I know you guys have been tired of hearing me talk about it. But... If they win the World Series without Spencer Strider, it would be shocking to me because that one-two punch that you need is going to, to going to be very much a a uh, a key part of getting through a team like the Dodgers in the NLCS. You just need to be better. That lineup is as professional hitting as the Braves are, and they will match you pitch for pitch. The Mets lineup not as professional hitting. I shouldn't say that. The Mets lineup doesn't have as much pop in it from top to bottom. Um, They need to play station to station baseball. And so whenever there's a break in that chain, in that link of the chain, the team suffers offensively. When you got guys that can mash the ball like the Braves and and, and the Dodgers do, one bad pitch puts you right back in the game or puts you ahead. That's kind of just the way it goes. So sit back, relax, enjoy the next week, watch other teams struggle, watch the Mets sweat it out. And uh, await the winner of the Phillies and the Cardinals. If it's the Cardinals, it's going to be a mash. The Braves might sweep that team. I genuinely believe that. If they get the Cardinals, they might sweep them. I might bet on them to sweep them, too, while we're at it. But speaking of betting, uh, go to betonline.net. It's your fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs from your favorite sports and number one events. Go to BetOnline. You can get odds, lines, games, it's all right there. You find reviews and news of every single league, NFL and college football in full force right now. Major League Baseball playoffs are here. You get information there as well. NBA, NHL, right around the corner. Combat sports, esports, even golf. It's all right there as BetOnline continues to be your top online resource for all your sports wagering information, live in-game betting news, sports, uh, scores and podcasts. They've got you covered with all of it. Head to BetOnline today. Use your mobile device to learn more about all the action that's happening today. Bet online where the game starts. Um, all right, let's get to some NFL here because we are a quarter of the season done. Yeah, I know it's 17 games, whatever. I'm just going to keep saying a quarter at every uh, turn here uh, whenever we hit the next four games. That said, uh, quarter of the season done. And we have, of the 32 teams, we have 15 teams in the NFL that are two and two right now. The NFL sent out a, uh, a memo last week or earlier this week. Let me just see what the, if I can see what the title was. I forget. I found a, I kind of, I, I, I kind of laughed at it that they were like bragging that they had fifteen. Um, yeah, here it is. They had fifteen teams. The most competitive start ever. A lot of mediocrity in this league. That's what it is right now. Nobody's really separated from anybody. It's not competitive. It's mediocrity. Don't kid yourself. Um, There are teams that have won games that flat out shouldn't. Um, There are teams that have lost games that flat out shouldn't. And so you have a whole bunch of two and two teams. Now, how do you separate all these two and two teams? Because the Falcons are one of them. 
I think the first measure in figuring out who is for real and who is not, look at their point differential. Of those 15 teams that are 2-2, two and two, just six of them have a plus point differential. Falcons being one of them. Now, the Falcons only have a plus two. So a field goal, uh, if Kevin Stefanski ends up kicking it and they might lose that game in overtime, the Falcons are on the wrong side of this. And why is that important? <clears throat> I'll explain. Because if you look at the teams with negative point differentials, especially ones that have a, a, a bigger variance of one score, guess what? Tells you something. What it tells you is that the teams with a negative point differential greater than one score means that they beat up on some bad teams, most likely, and got beat up by some good teams. Right? Like, that's kind of where it is. Um, and and what has really – it's emblematic. Look, look at the Bengals. They're 2-2 two and two with a plus 21 point differential. They're three scores better on offense than they are on defense. What happened? They dumped a game to the bad Cowboys. They lost an overtime game that they shouldn't have to the Steelers. And then they went out and beat up the Jets and took advantage of the Miami Dolphins. They dumped two games they shouldn't have. Should they probably be a 3-1 and team? Yeah, if you want to take one of those losses, sure. They should probably be a 3-1 and team. They're not. You can look at another team like the Denver Broncos, who are 2-2, two and two, with a minus two-point differential. What does that tell you? Well, at least in the case of the Denver Broncos, their defense is really good, but their offense is really bad. And, you know, the Broncos are a great, like, AFC comparison for the Atlanta Falcons when you think about it. Um, they are a team that, like I said, they've got a really good defense but a really putrid offense. The Falcons have a good offense, and their defense is so-so. Like, their defense, the Falcons' defense is nowhere near as good as the Broncos' defense, but the Broncos' offense is nowhere near as good as the Falcons' offense. And what I think you have to do after you look at point differential is start to look at or is there anything about these two and two teams that stands out that they do really well? Like for the Falcons, they've got a great run game. For the Browns, they have a great run game. <clears throat> the Ravens, what do they have? Lamar Jackson, their offense scores a ton of points. Do the Jets have anything special about them at two and two? No. That's why they're negative 25 in point differential. The entire NFC West is two and two. The only team with a positive point differential, San Francisco 49ers. Why? They've got the best defense in the league. They've given up the fewest points of any defense in the league. Another team, two and two, Jacksonville Jaguars. Why? They've got one of the top five defenses in the league. Is their offense that good? No, it's not. Don't be fooled by it. I need to see more from them personally. But, you know, again, there are some three and one teams that are probably paper, paper tigers. Look at the Dallas Cowboys. Look at the New York Giants. <clears throat> Excuse me. Both of those teams combined have a plus 14 point differential. Cowboys are plus nine, Giants are plus five. What does that tell you? They're not as good as their records says they are. And they could have easily been two and two or one and three. And I can tell you there's a Giants fan. They could Randy Bullock makes a kick in week one for the Titans. Guess what? The Titans are a three and one team. The Giants are two and two. Right? Cowboys snuck out a win against the Bengals 20 to 17. If, if that doesn't happen, if the Bengals can score one more touchdown and don't have any, as many mistakes as they do against a backup quarterback, guess what? Bengals are 3-1, and Cowboys are 2-2. Three, or, or two and two. Things look decidedly different. 
So that's kind of where we are right now after four weeks of football. Everybody kind of has a feeling of who they are and and, and, and what they are. Um, and I think a lot more is going to be decided over the next couple of weeks. I've always said for years, guys, September is fool's gold in the NFL. Don't believe what you see. The 4-0 Eagles might not be look like the best team in the NFL over the next four weeks. Right? September is fooled gold. Those four games are fool's gold. October is positioning month. This is separation month. This is where you find out who's for real and who isn't. And then November and December are just flat out big boy football. The best teams win. The worst teams don't. Period. So uh, we, are, we are now moving into positioning month. Who's for real and who isn't? You'll find out over the course of the next couple of games before you get to big boy football when the games really matter. All right. Um, history in Major League Baseball last night. You know I have to talk about it. But first, let's hand out a shovel of wisdom. Brace yourselves because it's time for the shovel of wisdom. You know how we do it every single day. We have to hit somebody right upside the head. Whack them upside the head with a shovel for saying you're doing something stupid, and I'm going to do so right now. You can do so at my Twitter account, at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Of course, use the hashtag Shovel of Wisdom. And today, my shovel goes to people in my timeline and on Twitter last night hating on Aaron Judge. Yeah. Um, Okay, folks, I'm, I'm not sure why you don't grasp the importance of what we saw last night. Um, and, and people saying it's not that big of a deal. It's not even a record, you know, thank God they stopped cutting in every five minutes on my TV. Um, it is a big deal. It is a record. Um, and I'll tell you what the record is about in a minute, but moreover, um, folks, if there wasn't a ball that is now worth millions of dollars, uh, I don't know what else you need to know about how important this is. That ball is going to be worth a lot of money. Why? Because it's an important baseball. Because it has value. Because the record has value. Because what he did has value. Just because you don't think so, and you are being blind to it, or biased against it, well, that doesn't change the fact of what we saw last night. So, what did we see last night? Well, we saw history, bottom line. Um, And that's why your sporting events got broken into for a week straight. Because it was historic. Guys, this isn't like a weather report that breaks in. Oh, there's a tornado watching the area. No, this isn't like a fly-through thing. This is an absolute piece of history in sports that needed to be acknowledged. The home run record is the single most sacred record in all of professional sports. Why? I don't know. Because for 100 years, baseball was America's pastime. It's not anymore. But that said, we still value that record. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you and say to you that Barry Bonds isn't the single season and all-time home run king. I'm not going to have that conversation because I don't need to. If you believe he is, you're right. If you believe he's not, you're right. Whatever you want to put that in for you is fine. 
What I do know is that I could say 100% unequivocally that Aaron Judge is clean, that Aaron Judge is pure, and that what he accomplished is something that we waited 61 years to see and know that it was done clean. That's important. It's necessary to point out the distinction, and it is historic. You don't need to find reasons to not make this a big deal. It just is. And in the bigger picture, folks, when greatness happens, just recognize it and celebrate it. Why do you got to piss on it? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Because he wears a Yankee uniform, is that it? Is that, is, that, is that what we're doing here? Folks, if he was wearing a Milwaukee Brewers uniform, it would have been treated the same. It absolutely would have. If he was wearing an Atlanta Braves uniform, it would have been treated exactly the same. Why? Because it's historic. Does the uniform help? Yes. Does it make it a little bit bigger than maybe, you know, other uniforms would? Yes. I'm not going to deny that. I mean, the interlocking NY is one of the most famous logos in all of sport. Like, I hate that if you want. It's just a reality. There's a reason why every pop culture icon wears that logo. It's, it's a big deal. So, yes, I believe that there was some extra sauce put on it. But still, the home run record is the most sacred professional record in all of sport. There's, there's no way around it. Being the home run king matters. Is Aaron Judge the home run king? I'll leave that up for you to decide. All I know is that when you can captivate an audience of all ages and all people and all sizes, i.e., my seven-year-old twin boys asking me every day, Daddy, did Judge hit 62 yet? That means that it's historic. When young children can grasp what is going on and how important it is and what it means when you explain it to them one time, it holds importance. So why hate on it? I, I don't get that. I, I really, really didn't. I thought last night was a cool moment. I'm happy for Aaron Judge. I'm glad it's over, like the rest of you. I'm glad it's over, right? And and to the distraction, the people who complain about the distraction, guys, I, I, I get it, but nobody on, at ESPN during College Football Saturday was wrong for doing it. They just flat out weren't. And oh, by the way, if he had hit it during the Wake Forest Florida State game where they broke in and put it on, you would have absolutely remembered every single second of it. Why? Because it's historic. And somebody will ask you a couple of years down the road, do you remember where you were when Judge hit 62? And you will say, yes, I was sitting on my couch watching the Braves game. Fine. But you'll remember where you were. I remember where I was when Mark McGuire hit 62. In 98, I was in a bar in college. I mean, you know, they broke in then on the TV too, folks. They, they you know, they didn't always have these fancy split screen cap- capabilities back then, way back in the day. So, you know, you just had to have, have, have that whole feed just be right on the TV. Must have drove you guys nuts. But anyway, what Aaron Judge did was awesome. It was fantastic to see. It's another one of those things when I, I take stock in what I've watched in sports in my lifetime, how damn lucky I am to have lived in what might be the greatest sports era to this point in history. 
Now, I really don't have a frame of reference of watching Ted Williams and Joe DiMaggio play, which must have been pretty damn awesome. Uh, but still, you know, this is – the athletes now have never been better. They've never been more iconic. And, and the idea that I get to watch Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter, LeBron James, Aaron Judge, and everybody else is pretty damn awesome. I don't think anybody for one second should be hating on any of it, period. With that, we'll call it a day here on A to Z. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Mark Zinno. Again, give us a follow uh, for the entire network at Locked On ATL. You can catch all of the Locked On Network sports at Locked On Atlanta Sports Network, at uh, Locked On ATL, and on Roku TV. Download that Roku TV app on your Fire Stick, wherever you can get it, and you'll get all the great shows here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, A to Z, hitting hard. ATL Day Ones, Braves postcast as we get ready for the postseason, Braves fans. Locked on Falcons, locked on Hawks. It's all right here. It's been a great Wednesday. Hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Back tomorrow for a Thursday edition of A to Z right here on Locked on Sports Atlanta. Have a great day. Don't take any crap from anybody. See ya. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.